to uh, a midweek edition of Forever Bristol City podcast. And uh, what a surprise. First time since 1993, a win at the Hawthorns. It finished West Bromwich Albion nil, Bristol City two. Joining me is uh, Ian. We may have one or two other guests. And if you fancy having uh, a word yourself, you can join online and we'll let you have a chat about what was totally unexpected. Uh, Very welcome. And as Ian was saying to me beforehand, it was it was a good win, Ian. We, after Saturday, yeah, we didn't expect that, did we? At all? No, I think you'd have been a very brave man, particularly with our uh, much vaunted record at um, at West Bromwich. So the last few times you've been out there, and last season was one of those twelve unacceptable performances I talk about, where Danny Simpson played his last game, George Tanner had a mare. Um, and overall, we were pretty rotten. But last night was unexpected and incredibly welcome. Yeah, and we were probably as good last night as we were bad that time last year, almost exactly a year ago, I think, as near as uh, makes a difference. Well, this is, if you look at how we played against Birmingham in particularly and Millwall, particularly in terms of set pieces, um, last night they had 13 corners. And we got first contact with all of them. So that proves to me is that we can do it. So it then makes what we did against Millwall and what we did against Birmingham even more inexplicable. Because if you're completely, let's say we had a, a, a team of guys that were about five foot six or five foot seven, you could understand us getting done from set pieces all the time because just a sheer lack of physicality yeah. and being able to, to do it. It's, you know, you don't get many five foot eight basketball players, do you? Let's put it that way. And then all of a sudden last night, we're heading them away like, like Liverpool or Man City at their best. Yeah. So well, we even, and they were even playing on that. They were even playing on our weakness because the number of players in the six yard box in that first half when City were defending the end in front of uh, the City fans, you know, it was like uh, Piccadilly Circus in rush hour on there, wasn't it? There was no room to move. And yet it was a side that didn't manage a shot on target against us, save for Jonathan Swift's effort to hit the bar. And I think another one hit the post. First time a shot, a team haven't managed a shot on target since March 2020, that's before lockdown. But there we go. Okay, we're getting into the detail of the yeah. We're getting to the detail of the action. March, yeah. March, March 21. March 21 was it? There you go. You've corrected yeah. me there. Let's get into the, uh, the the team. I mean, there were calls for changes. Um, he made one which was uh, expected, which was Andy Vyman rested. He was put on the bench. Uh, that was, I think, the only change, wasn't it? Yes. No, um, Naki Wells came in for Tommy Conway, didn't he? That's right, in the starting lineup. So, Ian, Vyman being dropped and Pring not even in the 18. Did you see those as the two notable things of the uh, team selection? Yeah, I think it was good to see Matty James back. And I think he made a difference in, 
in midfield. I thought Joe Williams had one of his best games for us and and scored a goal. Yeah. Um, it was either a neat finish or a lucky one. You you choose, but he's he's flicked flicked it and it's gone through the defender's legs, unsighted the goalkeeper, and we've gone over the line. Doesn't make any yeah. difference as a goal. Um, and our formation last night was really a five-three-two. So I I think it proves something that has been mentioned on the podcast a few times that we're better off with an extra midfielder. It's not mandatory. We've been saying that for weeks. We've been saying it for weeks, haven't we? It's not mandatory. You have to play with a 10. Now, I can understand Pearson saying, well, I don't want to to leave Wyman out because he was Mr. Assist in Mr. Goals last season and you don't leave out your top goal scorer. But sometimes you you have to. to. And, And the fact that we made those changes made absolutely no difference to the set pieces. Because Matty James is no giant and, and, and Naki's shorter than I am. So that made no difference to the set pieces. What made a difference w- was the effort and the organisation. It was zonal marking again, but yeah. it was the effort and the organisation. And, and Pearson sought to justify the zonal marking thing. He mentioned that in his post-match, didn't he? Yeah, I heard yeah, that. You know, and and it, it's about people throwing their head at the ball. And... Um, Sometimes you're going to get whacked, and 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 that's the thing that you have to do. And and if someone, I mean, what Millwall did to us <clears throat> on Saturday, it wasn't unexpected. It was a hundred percent predictable, and you knew exactly which players they were going to be looking for. So sometimes it's a case of, you know, if if there if someone retreats to the far post, as Cooper did quite a few times, you you someone re- has to be marking in that zone, and it can't be Jada Silva. So um, that's about organisation. And um, I, I think Max was trying to come out and help as much as he could. I didn't think much of his punching last night, I have to be honest. I thought it was all right, Ian. I thought it was all right, Ian, most of the time. Because you were looking at... Downwards and towards the edge of the box. And you don't really... Yeah. And then people okay. got to throw their... Throw their well, in Joe, uh, Joe Williams's case, he had to throw his testicles in front of it one time. I mean, that that caught there. I never seen a bloke in too <laughs> much pain. But um, yeah, th- that's what you have to do and put your body on the line. What uh, a certain Mister Johnson Senior used to call mothering the goal. Um, that's right. So, so that's a. But that shows we are capable of doing it with the players that are there because Callas wasn't on the field, Naismith wasn't on the field, so. That make as I say, that makes me me almost angry. Uh, well, I was angry about what we did at, at Birmingham, and to a lesser extent against Millwall because we we proved last night we can do it. Yeah. So so you know then begs the question. Well, why didn't you do it in that game then? And I suppose yes. somebody say, well, yes, listen, that's that's football. That stuff happened. Uh, there we go. All right. Well, Chris, I'm delighted Chris, to say Chris Honor has joined us. Chris, if you can turn your phone down in the background so you can just hear me so I don't get feedback. Yeah. Um, can you hear me, Chris? I can hear you fine, David. How are you? Fantastic. Okay. We've got rid of the feedback as well. We were just talking about the uh, starting lineup and uh, the, the spine of the side was there with, uh, with Tim Close and uh, Matty James and Naki Wells. Still the inexperience of. Um, uh, well, he's 26 now, Max O'Leary behind him. But Ian, Ian was saying that, 
you know, we showed with our defending from corners throughout the game that, you know, when we're on it, we can do it. Your thoughts on uh, these aspects of the game before we get into some of the detail? Yeah, I must admit, I did hear um, most of what Ian was saying before um, I, I logged in, but um, most clubs have worked us out, haven't they? They know we're fragile from set pieces. We've, I think we've conceded the majority, um, about three quarters of all our goals from set pieces this year. Um, it's not great. We look, I don't like zonal. I mean, I don't like zonal marking. It doesn't give players responsibility. You know, if your man, if your man scores a goal, it's your responsibility. If you got zonal, you can point at your teammate and say he was in your area. Um, and now they just hang the ball up in that six-yard box. I mean, I think there was thirteen corners last night. I think um, we had. I don't think we had any. <laughs> I think one. I think one. I looked at the stats last night on the way home, um, and they and they had one and. You know, you just you just knew every single time that ball was coming in the box, we were under pressure, especially early on. Um, but then we grew in a little bit of confidence. I thought we um, we grew in a little bit of confidence. We managed to handle them. Some of the crosses second half weren't so great. Um, uh, even with my dodgy eyes, I could see up the far end, and um, you know they overhit a few. But early on in the in the first half, right in front of the uh, the city crowd, I I thought. Uh, we looked under pressure and you could tell there was a little bit of anxiety amongst the players because um uh, especially on saturday i don't know if you remember saturday i think i think there was three great set pieces um and each one they they almost scored from so yeah yeah i was it, saying it, to it, it, earlier which you heard they crowded they certainly tried to play on that but let's let's get into the action i mean ian city had a chance inside the first couple of minutes didn't they where naki he would have wanted to do better with that, wouldn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he fell over his own feet, in essence. Um, great through ball from uh, from Max. If he if he meant to do that, he should be playing in midfield, not in uh, not in goal. But he he put it through. I mean, Naki should have should have gone through and scored. And if you wanted that chance to drop to one player, it would probably be him. Um, but he he didn't do it, and and that sort of stuff that sort of stuff happens. But. Yeah, I mean, he, he could have got that one and he was unlucky a bit later on when the goalkeeper cleared it and he headed it. If he'd have middled it a bit more, that might have dropped in as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah again, 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 Ian, sorry, I, I don't know whether you were at the game, but I knew David wasn't. Um, um, but from where we were at the far at the far end, he, he completely miskicked it, didn't he? he did he? Yes. He, he, he almost got, he got it tangled he, up in his feet. He, he, yeah, he got his feet in a right mess. Uh, like, it looked he, he, awful. I mean, I couldn't believe yeah. a player of his quality could miss kick so badly. I, I didn't know whether a tackle came in at the last moment. He slipped. But from where we were, the whole length of the pitch, the Bristol City fans around me were, everyone just looking at each other for 10 minutes after it, going, what happened? What? It was, it was, it was... a lad running back with him, but he had plenty of time. As normally, he, he would have either taken the ball to the right or hit it with his left. Yeah. And it seemed like he had a bit of a brain freeze and thought, God, I'm going to kick it with both feet at the same time. And then he then he didn't kick it with either. Did you it think he a... had too much time? I do. Yeah, yeah I so thought he, he overthought it. Instead of like just yeah. hitting it first time, getting the ball out of his feet and strike it, it was almost as if he wanted the goalkeeper to go down before he chipped it over him or something like that. It, it was yeah. as if he was trying to overthink it and then ended up doing nothing and it was so painful because you thought that's only that's the only chance we're going to get and it's in the first yeah. minute yeah no a few yeah, people I, said I that on it... uh, a few people said that on twitter you know that was a golden chance but look we grew into the game 
I was, I mean, West Brom had got a win at the weekend, but they looked so ordinary and we got a grip of that game. No doubt about that. And Chris, the extra man in midfield, I've been saying for a few weeks now that Andy's been off his game. He's a pale shadow of, never mind the Andy Wyman of last season, the last half dozen games, he's been a pale shadow of the Andy Wyman that caused us to buy him in the first place. But having that extra man in midfield, we were controlled in possession. When Andy's in possession, it's all very rushed and all very frantic. But we we made West Brom look very ordinary once we, you know, other than the dead ball situations, we just, well, they looked bang average, didn't they? Shabby was a word I used. Well, David, I've got to give you credit because you've been mentioning Vyman for quite some time, um, being left out or 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 just give, putting in poor performances. Um uh, and we were, we know we've been slotting Alex Scott into a deeper midfield role when he really wants to play that number 10, doesn't he? So um, last night, that was where he played in bef- behind the front two. Um, and for me, that's where he's most effective. That's where he's played the majority of his games um, in the reserves, under 21s, uh, Bristol City. I mean, the lad's got so much ability, he can play anywhere anyway, doesn't he? But um, yeah, for me, leaving Vyman out was a brave shout, but it wasn't. It wasn't. A, it was quite a straightforward decision in the end. I mean, sometimes I call him my out of control speedboat. He's just sometimes <laughs> he just runs around so headless, um, and then there's no end product. And and I remember when we bought him, it was after I think we sold Bobby Reed, and he was all for me. He was like a poor man's Bobby Reed. He, he just didn't have the quality and that killer pass. He wasn't with an that. improvement on Bobby Reed. Was he, he wasn't the Bobby Reed of the season that caused him to move. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. and you know he, he sometimes. I don't know. He's indecisive. He gets he gets a rush of blood to his head, um, and he doesn't concentrate on that final pass. And sometimes the what he gives us um, with that final pass, um, he gives it away far too easily when he's in good good position. So yeah, I, I thought it was a good decision by Nigel Pearson last night, and um, yeah, he was rewarded with a great result. Yeah, Ian, the first goal which City fully deserved on 32 minutes. Uh, you know, it was, uh, if I recall it correctly, it was Naki that put the cross over the far side. Jada Silva in an advanced decision, advanced position sort of hit it. Um, and we were talking earlier about Joe Williams' first goal uh, for us, only his third goal in his career, only his second in front of a crowd. Um it, it it was it was thoroughly deserved, even if the finish was um, you know uh, scrappy. But what a great way to end the first thirty minutes! Yeah, it was a uh, it, it was a well worked goal. Well, Wells was put away down the right hand side. I think it might have been Williams that that played him in down that right hand side in a bit of space, and he got his head up. And I think, in fairness, some people said he might have over hit the cross. I don't think he did. He picked out Jada Silva on the far post. De Silva did a simple but good cutback and Williams got himself in the box. And I've been critical of our of all of our midfield. If you want to call the, you know, we play a 3-4. So that all those four, I've been cr- critical of for not getting enough goals and assists. Um, so there you are. There was an assist for Jay De Silva and a goal for Joe Williams. And 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 it makes it makes a massive difference because if you just Okay, if you have a season like we did last season and the forwards are on fire and they're scoring goals for fun, it's not as important. But before last night, Rob Atkinson was the only Bristol City player other than the strikers to get a league goal. Uh, And we're we're 16 games in. 
So that's um, that's a, a, an area of improvement that I highlighted. Um, and uh, it, it, it's interesting. You you look at you look back. I, I've looked back on that. I don't know if you want me to cover it now, but if I look back on the game we won at West Brom the last time we won, and I was I was there, and you probably were as well, Dave. Ninety three. God, you've got good memory. <laughs> well, 93-94, But something that I looked at in in the records, and I thought, wow, that that tells a tale. 93-94, we were managed by Russell Osman. What do you think our average home crowd for the season was? Oh, uh, 11,500. How about you, Chris? What do you reckon it was? Oh, I would say 14,000. 8,800. Oh, wow. Shit. My gosh. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of those things you can anyway. you go... Yeah, to, yeah. That's the sort of stuff that Mark Tubby would come up with, Ian. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, Mark's, Mark's here today, so I, I, I had to, I had to Stato, do Stato, I'm going to call you Stato from now on. I could hear your yeah. calculator in the background. I thought you were just totting out all the attendances. Chris, um, the second goal, I mean, Semenyo's a handful for anybody, and that was good to see him and Naki Wells, and the two of them combined. I mean, it, was a, it wasn't a shot, but... Naki got them deftest of touches on there. And uh, that's that seventh goal of the season for Naki Wells. We're starting to see the Naki that we paid half and five and a half million quid for nearly three years ago, aren't we? Yeah, it was great time. And he got in front of his um, defender, didn't he? And just helped it into, a, into the far corner of the net. I mean, for me, um, Semenyo just makes so much happen. I mean, it, on Saturday, even when we were playing... Um, uh, Although he, he blasted a few over the bar and he got some of his shooting um, <laughs> very awry at times. I think he hit the corner flag or one for a throwing, didn't he? Um, in he front did. of the section, set the section in the far corner. You know, just very erratic where he's just trying to burst the ball every single time he strikes it. But for me, he's just incredibly strong. I, I mean, I, lo I looked at him last night and just went, I would hate to play against him. Because you, he, he gives you the impression that because he's not a towering six foot two, you can edge in front of him. Um, but he's got this really strong um, uh, buttocks, and he just uses his his mid strength, his core strength, just to ease you off the ball. And if you think you can win it, you've made a massive mistake because he he, he just roll you and turn you, and then he's off. Um, and and for me, when we're under we were under pressure or we just wanted something a little bit special on Saturday it was only him coming up with the goods and it was a yeah. great little turn onto his right foot he was hitting it towards the far post and Naki made a great run and just got the, as you said the deftest touches um, again we didn't know from the far end whether it went directly in but um, by the way that Naki Wells was celebrating we soon worked it out Yeah, yeah. he was going to have that who was that Rovers had a player with I'll call it more of a low centre of gravity about 20 years ago who was from the lower leagues and he was quite prolific uh, for them. Uh, and I'm trying to think... Who... Jason Roberts, was it? Well, no, know. Jason. I, I mean, he was the other one. Um, he was almost bald, this lad. Ian might remember his name and anybody who understands anything about a gas. I'm trying to remember because he. I'm sure he was at a non-league. He was the same as uh, Jason Roberts, if you know what I mean. But, oh, I remember uh, something. How was it? I don't know. But this Hales, Hales. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's not talk about them. They're, they're no, blue and white. Yeah. Let's move. 
not on this podcast, please. Yeah, I'm not uh, a jihadist when it comes to my uh, detesting of Rovers, but I hate, hate to see them win. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially uh, against us. Again, well, I can't remember the last time. It was a long time ago. Ian, uh, tune it up at half time against a side with parachute payments that look like they need the parachutes to stop them dropping down another division. Um, you know, you're the manager, and I'll ask Chris the same question in a second. What do you say to the lads at half time? You know, more of the same, or what What would you say, Ian? What do you think he yeah, might keep? Well, keep, keep doing what you're doing because it's working. But what we needed to do was get if you like more of the same, but by more, I mean, do, do more. Our second half, um, I thought we conceded too much territory and we didn't put their defence under enough pressure because when we did, we had the beating of them. I agree, they, Ian. I, I got be 100% behind you on that. I yeah, mean, I, they, I, I just felt so frustrated from the other end because we kept possession well. We took it from the goalkeeper. We, yeah. you know, we, we, we were brave, weren't we, in possession? We passed it along the back. There was a few little threaded passes that just about found their men. Um, and then we just sat so deep. And it was it was almost painful to watch, wasn't it? At it times, because half, we just I, we just gave them too much possession and invited them on. Yeah, I suppose in the second half, I spent most of the second half looking up in the top left hand corner of the screen. Yeah, the well, I, was, I, I mean, it's one. It was one of those Doctor Who movies for me. I was hid behind the sofa. Yeah, <laughs> if he if he rang, um, you know, it, if the referee had blown his whistle after sixty minutes, I'd have been quite content and gone home with the three points, you know, and and when. They hit the post, they hit the bar, that you had the horrible feeling of, oh, here we go, 2 nils a dangerous lead in City, yeah. throw it away. It was the next goal, wasn't it? All I kept on saying yeah. to the guys around me, the next goal, I mean, if, if we concede now, this is going to be it's going to be a real roller coaster to the end. It's, it was painful. Yeah, it's I was I, I was jogging on the spot almost, and I, at one stage, I tackled the guy next to me. I didn't even know him. So was, <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the substitutes, Chris, the timing of them and, and who they were? Because... You know, I think Chris Martin is a pale, pale shadow of the player that he was in the WSM. And once Martin came on, still with a quarter of an hour or so to go for Semenyo. I don't yeah. like it. I didn't like it, David. And, I, and I, then I Vyman coming on for Joe. Yeah, those yeah. are the two substitutions. What do you think of them and the timing? Um the time, I mean, I don't like the five subs straight away. Yeah. I don't like too many subs. It breaks up the second half. Uh, the entertainment seems to, you know, if you put on 10 subs, both teams put on their their allocation, it just breaks up the whole second half. Um, the momentum out of the game drops. There, there's so many tactical um, reasons why teams in front do it, away teams especially when they're 2-0 up like we did. Um, for me... Um, I can understand Vyman, fresh pair of legs, get him in midfield. You know, Joe Williams and his injury issues, he's played a lot of games in the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I can get that one. But for me, Martin up front, um, he's not got the mobility of Semenyo. Semenyo still looked dangerous. Um, I, 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 and then we go too direct. We, we try yeah. to sort of hit the ball 40 yards instead of in the air where he's not the, he's not the tallest centre forward. I mean, Chris Martin was a good player in his, you know, in his youth, um, and he had he had good movement, good touch. But he can't not, run the he, channels now, can he? Because when no, the balls were played long, no. he, he lost that every time, didn't he? And he's not a towering centre forward who's going to, you know, no. flick the ball on. And so, so what has he given us? He's, he's not given us what 
Semenyo gives us. So I, I didn't understand that one, and I don't. You could have brought him on in the. You could have brought him on like ten minutes later, like he did with Tommy Conway, because Tom, Tommy's gone off a little bit uh, yeah. of late. He was really poor on Saturday, but he he ran them. He ran round like a man demented. He did, and and I would have put Conway on. on first. I would have put Conway on first easily because yeah. he 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 was just so full of running. He he put that doubt back in the um, centre halves. Minds and I, he, I, he was I'd a agree with that, but bearing in mind that, I don't, and I don't know if you heard anything after the game, uh, Chris. I mean, about how Semenya was because he went off injured. Oh, did he? Uh, hopefully, okay. hopefully. It oh, was he did, didn't he? Near side, yes, yes. Yeah, hopefully it was precautionary, but he he, he seemed to land a bit awkward when he uh, when he came down and he started limping after he jumped. Um, so hopefully it was precautionary. The reason they took him off. Um, I didn't know. Um, I only heard the Pravda interview after the game. Um, so no question was asked about, well, how's Antoine? That's the first thing I'd have asked after saying good win. Yeah. Um, but uh, he went off. I agree I'd have brought Conway on for his mobility. And I think Chris, Chris Martin, I think he's one of those guys that I think one of the reasons Pearson brought him on was with an eye to his ability to head the ball defensively. And yeah. I know that's a terrible reason for bringing a forward on, but when you're 2-0 up with 15, 20 minutes to go, it is excusable. And and, um, and, and and you know you're going to concede corners and we have, you know, we had to defend probably eight towards the end of the game. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was Martin who was defending the corner, by the way, when Max O'Leary came up and Callas headed the ball out of his hand. So, you know, it, 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 is, it is what it is. Um, Guys, the uh, the wing backs uh, last night. I mean, Sykes got a scrappy uh, booking from an otherwise, I thought, good referee, Robert Maidley. But uh, Ian, you first. The wing backs, Sykes and De Silva. Uh, the latter was uh, many expected him to be a possible omission uh, uh, from the side last night. But do you think they played their full their full part? I thought they both did well defensively. Uh, obviously, Jay got the assist for um, Joe Williams' goal. Um, my criticism of, of, of all the midfield uh, and the wing-backs in particular is goals and assists and their crossing because their mm. crossing is ineffective. It's all right saying, well, we, we've got him 40-odd crosses against Preston. For me, that's a bad thing, not a good thing because we didn't do anything. Well, we didn't do very much with them um, and they weren't good crosses. It's, it's like no good crossing the ball and hitting the hitting the first defender every time, and that that just drives me up the wall. Um, so I thought they were good defensively, and last night it it wasn't three five two; it, it was five three two with three narrow in midfield. And Scotty mm. not really playing as a ten, dropping in and playing that what I call the Luke Freeman role. You know when when we played three five. Under yeah, he's like yeah, the he's like the spare manny, isn't he? He's like that yeah. little link to you know keep I, possession I actually, of the ball if you can't get into the front man. Yeah, I actually think that Scott's better in that central midfield role because I think he's got the vision to pass it. His passing isn't always brilliant, I and mean, some of his set pieces, um, you know, he took a great one against against Preston, but they are the exception rather than the rule. And, and mm. over a period of time, I might put uh, Matty James. Uh, back on set pieces because I think we need more goals and assists from Alex as well because for a player of his ability he hasn't got enough 
Well, um, we don't get many goals from dead balls. Like remember the days of uh, Walshy, Darren Barnard, Mickey Bell, to name just three, three. over the years. You know that yeah. we, whenever we got anything around the box, we always thought we were uh, uh, capable of getting a goal. Uh, Chris, in the closing stages, six minutes of injury time. It was good game management. I mean, we kept the ball tight over the far side, and and West Brom. I know Swift, good player, uh, hit the bar, but. You know, we managed the last, the latter part of uh, the time added on very well. I thought. Oh, absolutely! I mean, it's horrible to watch, isn't it? I mean, when it ha- when it's happening to you, it, it, shit it, has it, you at the highest. Oh, order, it's it? horrible! I mean, I, I'm sat there thinking, you, you know, as a centre forward, you really don't want that ball because there's going to be a defender coming right for you, through you at any moment because they're getting so frustrated. You know, it's, but you know that that is. I, I watched it and I'm cringing because I can I, I know it's, if I was on that pitch, I could feel the blood level, you know, rising and my face burning and my forehead going because, you know, it's, it, it is taking the mickey really, isn't it? Uh, but, you know, we've had it done so many times to us at Ashton Gate. Um, it was nice to see us do it to an, a, a team that have got all these millions from their parachute payments. So, you know, uh, you've just got to accept it. It's not, it's not, a t- it's not entertaining um, for the, for the neutral, but it was certainly entertaining, <laughs> entertaining for us last night because it was right in front of us. Um, yeah. But going back to the fullbacks, um, Ian mentioned a, a, a moment ago. I'm probably the most critical of our fullbacks because it was my position. I, I look, I look at those two guys, and I thought Sykes was quiet at the start, and then eased into the game. And it, uh, he was playing against a very good player in that Connor Townsend. I thought he was excellent there, uh, the West Brom fullback. Um, for me, De Silva just doesn't do enough. I, I you just, said that at the start of the season, didn't you? He, he breaks my, he, he breaks my heart. Up, step yeah, up, step he, up to the plate a bit more. Absolutely, he just plays in the comfort zone. He, he really does. He, he doesn't. I never see him go on the overlap. He's never breaking the busting the gut um, to really hurt himself to to get on the outside. Um, that's where all the gaps are in, in the championship because everyone defends so narrow. Um, and, that, and as Ian said again, he, he's crossing sometimes is is a little bit to be desired. Although obviously he had the assist um, on the odd occasion this season, including last night. But listen, it was. I just wanted to do more, and I and I thought Cam Pring came on on Saturday and was instantly uh, effective, just determined to get Buster Gut to get forward, and he wasn't even on the bench last night. Well, did so, he? I mean, because the managers called out Cam Pring several times over the last twelve months, well, several, two or three times, uh, for poor decision making. Yeah, um, yeah. not even getting in the eighteen because of somebody else, but there was no left sided. Uh, defender uh, on the bench uh, at all, which he would have uh, provided that option. But, uh, you know, Cam, I don't know what his contract situation is, but, you know, he he, he must be feeling a bit upset, I would have thought, when he you've, wakes you, up this morning. You've got three players, David, who are desperate to make a career at Ashton Gate, and they've all three of them have got a mistake in them, and that's Max O'Leary, Zach Viner and Cam Pring. And they're local lads, they love the club, uh, they probably don't feel as if they've had a, a fair crack of the whip um, with um, with the amount of games they should have played, uh, and it means something to them. And sometimes being a local lad, it it, it 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 takes over your mind. And they have got a mistake in them. And I know Cam was criticised uh, on a few occasions last year for individual mistakes. Um, 
And I think he may have had a, a fallout on the manager. Maybe he's knocked on his door and that's probably the worst thing you can do with Nigel Pearson because he remembers those kind of things. Um, but for me, I'd, I'd give him a game. I really would because at least, at least I see some desire in him, you know, yeah. really trying to hurt himself. You've got to go out there. For me, De Silva's got lovely feet. You mean, got I great remember. ball control, hasn't he, Jay? He has. You know, and it, and it, they, they called him Velcro feet, didn't they? Um, someone like Lee Johnson called him Velcro feet in training. He's got lovely feet. But do you know what? It's great you can keep a ball away from someone in the telephone box, but if you can't get on the overlap and you can't get a good, yeah. decent cross in, don't blame him. His style reminds me of when we had Danny Rose on loan before he made it big time, where you could seal the ability there, but he just wouldn't let it go. Uh, Ian, um, Chris mentioned Zach Viner. Um, you know, I've been praising Zach for a few weeks. Chris has rightly pointed out that you know he's got a mistake in him. Uh, he does the odd sloppy pass. But, you know, with Tim Close in the middle, the two, I say, youngsters, these side, Viner and Atkinson, that looks pretty good. And Close has made a difference. And Viner's got to be pretty proud of his performance last night as well, hasn't he? Yeah, I think I think Zach is, is a lot of it to do with Zach is, is games in confidence. You know, if you have a, if you have a, I mean, if you look at Cam Pring now, he comes on on Saturday Changes the game with a cross. Okay, it was an own goal, but Vyman was coming in behind the guy, and if he hadn't stuck it in the net, Vyman Wells would have, yeah, or Wells would have. Um, and then he's not in the squad. Um, and then uh, I think some. Uh, it, it's not a what's the right word. Um, it, I I think my own take on it is that Jada Silva. Is the better defender. He's better positionally. He's a safer pair of hands, if you will. Campering is is a, a wing back, and Jay is a fullback. And I think that's why, if you look at Jay's career record, he's got very few goals. And I think he's got two goals for us. Uh, one of them was a was a miss hit cross up at Stoke, um, and he doesn't get the assist that, that as Chris rightly says for a player of his ability then he should uh, he should be doing more and I'll say the same for Mark Sykes albeit Mark Sykes is getting used to that position because he, he was predominantly never played it before player. yeah uh, you know well he has but he didn't he didn't play there very often for us really he was more of a wide right midfield yeah. player and I can see that in him when he plays and I quite I quite like him but once again, he need the crosses need to be accurate for that system to work and be effective. Otherwise, you're just relying on two or three blokes to get the goals all the time. And I know most teams, you know, all teams have got a leading score and they've probably got another guy with a few, but lots of other people chip in. You know, the centre half gets the ball in the net sometimes and things like that. And I think Atco, Atco's done that. But no, I, I think a big thing with Zach Viner is Tim Closer coming back and organising that defence uh, because he seems to be the catalyst to make us, make Atkinson and Zach Viner better players. And I, yeah. I think when Naismith comes back, it could be that, I mean, I've suggested you could give Naismith a try at left wing back or even as, as a holding <laughs> position. I, I've said, I've, in, I've in said mid, that. Midfield, yeah. Because you know that, you know that Naismith can cross a ball and he can take set pieces. So, that would be an interesting conundrum. Well, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk be, about that next. We're going to talk about be, that next. Yeah. He may we'll be fit for Reading. 
Yeah, we'll talk about that next. I mean, look, there we go. We're sat there in 11th. I'm not doing any extrapolations that somebody was taking the mickey out of me for doing. If we had this points after 15 games, then that extrapolates to so many after 46. No extrapolations. We're three points off the playoff places and we're eight points off of 22nd. So that's all that matters, really. And so we move on to Reading, who were 2-0 up at Swansea. But ended up losing three two. They sat there. They sat there, literally one point ahead of us. Now they've only drawn one game all season. Um, Chris, um, going up to Reading, you know we take a point now, really, wouldn't we? But in some respects, building on what happened last night, we got to be going there looking for a win. I would have thought, but they're funny side Reading, aren't they? They are, and it's one of those um, uh, fixtures that Bristol City fans love. You get into that corner section and you can make a real noise. And um, I was due out there this weekend, but unfortunately I can't make it uh, to cover it for the radio, but I'll be watching it somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a fabulous little stadium. You can make a real, um, a real atmosphere up there. Um, I was interested listening to Five Live last night in the car on the way back, how much praise um, Paul Ince was getting. And then I obviously looked at the fixture list and realised they were one point ahead. And I'm thinking, hold on a minute, you should be talking about Bristol City. But I, I, I hope um, that's not the stuffing out of them, you know, being 2-0 up at Swansea and then losing the game 3-2. That, uh, that put some doubt in their heads. And we, if we can respond really well up there and take the game as we did uh, yesterday to them in the same kind of manner, I think we got uh, got a chance. I, not not just the one point. I think we got the chance of the three because so. they'll be a little bit vulnerable. Buoyed, we go there buoyed by the performance because yeah. that's what we keep crying out for with City is performance. We don't mind lose. Well, we hate losing, <laughs> but if you lose and you put in a performance, the fans think, well, we gave it a go, and there've been a few. Well, we occasions. all got we we all got a little bit excited at the start of the season because we, we saw this massive improvement in the way we were yeah. playing. We were, we were playing, you know, teams off the park. It was the first yeah. time for a couple of seasons we had a, a shape, a, a method, a identity, whatever you want to call it, and it was it was fun and ent- entertaining to watch. Um, for me, the, the international um, fortnight came at the wrong time, just as we were building up a little bit of a head of steam. Um, Christ knows uh, what we'd be like after the World Cup. <laughs> oh, my God, don't. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about that in a minute as well before we wrap up. But looking at the team now, and as Ian's alluded to, you know, Naismith is going to be fit. Well, Callas came on absolutely. with the cameo appearances. You know, and Ian, he's named his if Naismith is fit. And our bench on Saturday, and I'm stealing Ian's thunder here, but you've got Bentley, Callas, Vyman, Naismith, um, Chris Martin as well as a, as a name. But well, you got, yeah. you got five centre-halves to choose from, which yeah. is the first time that's happened all season. Um, you've got all your experienced players on the bench at the moment, which is incredible. Um, you know, if you, you'd gone to name a team earlier on the season, most of those players would have been your first pick, pick straight away. Yeah. Um, and none of them are starting. So, what a lovely problem for the uh, for the manager to have. I mean, yeah. you know what what a great situation. If honestly, I I can if if those players feel half as good as I felt this morning when I was floating down White Ladies Road on the way to work, um, then I think they'll go go to Reading full of confidence. Yeah, and 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 Naismith, Ian, and Ian repeated what I've said a few times that playing him in that left wing back position, the Jada Silver one, 
is it that Viner makes a mistake and then Callas just slots back in? Is you know how do you accommodate two of our best players? Um, you know, with do you, do you change a winning side at all? Or it's not about it's not about accommodating players. I mean, you 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 pick the team that's gonna gonna beat them. For example, Reading have got the best one of the best home well they have got the best home record in championship right so their their record so far this season is played eight one five drew one lost two. Oh, uh, ian i can't believe you come up with that that's made me that's, that's brought me down back down the ground scored, back down to earth they scored 12 goals and conceded nine with a plus three goal difference so they picked up 67 percent of their points wow. at home now if yeah. you look at the players they've got it's easy to see why and they're not a side we should sit back against because they've got some players that normally score against us. So Lucas Jow. But he was uh, on the bench last night, but yeah, I know yeah, what you mean. Paul yeah. Ince is lad. Uh, Mighty up front is a good player. Forna and Hoylet, who plays left wing back. Now, what yeah. you've got to do is make the wing backs defend because Hoylet's a winger. So make him defend. Take him back into an area where he's uncomfortable. For God's sake, don't sit back. Um, the, the hitting them on the break could work um, because I think their their defence isn't the best part of their team. But Did Shane Long start good. last night, Ian? Sorry? Did Shane Long start last night? No. Okay. Uh, I'm just having a look um, at their lineup. Carry on, Ian, while I just check because I've got the lineups here. Yeah, they're. Um, no, they, they play. Uh, Long was an unused three... substitute, Chris. Long was no. an unused substitute. Yeah, yeah they, they play a 3-4-2-1, uh, which is an interesting formation because that's the one Nick Cooper played uh, last year for Forest that worked really well. Uh, and, and it's basically 3-6-1 three, six, three, six, when you're, you're defending, uh, but you can, get, you can spring the wing-backs forward uh, to join up with... I mean, they play in Sinforna in behind and you can get Mbengi and Hoylet, the wing-backs, right up alongside them. So I can see it's a formation and a system that's got good movement, good width and uh, good good goal scoring potential. So but where so what we must do, and that's why I wouldn't be totally shocked to see Vyman come back in, uh, what we must do is is attack them. And if that means it doesn't mean gung ho, but if that means playing on the break, but it has to be high tempo, on the break, getting behind them. And, and that's where, in the same way that Swansea did last night, that's the same. That's the way that we could get the right result and turn them over. Mm. But, I mean, all right, a, a point against the side with the best home record in the division so far. Not it, to be it's, sniffed it's, at. It's, it's not, not a disaster, is it? No, no, it's good. A whole batch of fixtures uh, as well tonight as everybody... Uh, catches up uh, on their games. Uh, Chris, for you, uh, you, you start the team that started last night, I guess, really, uh, you know, because that extra man in midfield made the difference for me. Do you think he might be tempted to make changes if Naismith was fit? No, not no. at all. He, Stick he, with it. He, no, he believes in rewarding players for their performances. I mean, that's that's one of his principles, like having no loan, loan signings. Um, he... he you know, if you change a winning side, um, then there's no point in your players trying for you when they do get an opportunity. So he, he's very much behind that belief, and that's his one of one of his primary thoughts, I think. Um, so no, he won't change the starting lineup. I don't think. 
Yeah. Unless there's any injuries, obviously, you know, you know, looking at Semenyo going off and all that kind of stuff, I think he'll keep the same team. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that same team is very much taken on a Jekyll and Hyde uh, look about it. Yeah, because the appear the performance last night was amazing. It was amazingly good. We're extremely happy with that. Chris, final question for you, um, and it's we'll speak again during the international break that's coming up, but it's a month-long break of no action. Are you aware of what plans City will have? Because there's only two or three members of the squad are going to be travelling. You know? How do we keep them fresh? How do we avoid the post-international break fall-away that has been a feature of us for ever since we've been back in the Championship? Do you think there are plans afoot? I think there is absolutely. I think they'll give them a couple of weeks off. I think they'll tell a few of them to go go and have a, a week or a, a two week break, um, and then they'll start a, a semi pre season or or a mini pre season um, in preparation for the start up again. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised if some of the lads travel out to uh, the World Cup to watch it. It's their the only chance they ever get of having such a, a long break at this time in the year. Um, some might end up in lovely uh, islands in the Caribbean for a week. Um, but yeah, I would imagine that it'd be a nice break uh, for a few of them to recharge their batteries and and to work on fitness levels uh, will come um, on their return. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's all in for, uh, you know, all in hand. I think they'll, they'll have programs set up for them when they go on their breaks, but, um, and they'll all be very professional about it. But uh, hopefully Bristol City come back and they'll be well prepared for the start. It, it's a really weird concept, isn't it? Having a break in the middle of the season. I, I don't like it. They, When I played up in Scotland all those years ago, they were constantly talking about a winter break because the weather was so bad. Um, and, and I think they have a couple of weeks off now. Um, I just don't like the idea of it. I wouldn't have liked and this it. This timing, you'd expect it. If there was ever going to be a break, you'd expect it to be you know, four weeks after Christmas. But saying that, you can get snow in the last week of February. Uh, yeah, right? absolutely. I, I always, yeah, I always think the worst weather is, you know, early January, first week of February, isn't it? Um, I like continuity as a player and, and it must be really weird to come back after a, such a long layoff to get straight back into a season. And look um, what happened after the enforced break through the first wave of the pandemic in March because we were still challenging in March 2020 and we came back and we... I think we only won. Well, we lost the first four games after the break, and that was the end of uh, Lee Johnson. We just hope uh, nothing like that happens. But look, it's they say a week's a long time in politics. Yeah, a week is a long time in uh, four days is a long time in football. We're feeling joyous, Chris. Great to have you on, uh, and you know, you, we we love listening to you on the radio Bristol because you do and Gary, you both tell it as it is, and you're both ex City players and. You know, you give the view. You don't sugarcoat it at all or anything like that. And Ian will be back. Uh, Ian will be back with me and the other lads on Saturday, hoping to report on another win for the boys, Danny M4 Corridor at the Select Car Leasing Stadium. But thank you, everybody who's been listening. And uh, thanks for, again, Chris and Ian for your contribution today. Cheers, chaps. All the best. Cheers, James. Thanks. Ta-da. Goodbye. Cheers. Bye-bye. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he stops throbbing his old 
sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Rivers Robbins are bubba bobbing along. When the red, red robin comes bob bob bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up. Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red robin starts bobbing along.